we pick up at the bottom of Kufta Zayin Amitzat, and we have gotten through most parts of the Haggadah, um, and we're up to the Hallel pre um, pre Motzi uh, Matzah. Um, but we pick up first with a discussion because we that connects to the statement of Rabbi Gamliel of Koshal Amishloshet Varmelu Pesach and the tying in of the uh, foods to the uh, story of the Pesach. We start with actually the question, right, about the questions of the children, um, which primarily are about the foods. Um, we had spoken before about the Seder plate before every person, integrating the foods in that way. And then we have the response at the end, you know, Pesach Matzah which in a way responds to the questions of the child and ties in the foods and their symbolism. So with that in mind, let's take a look now as we have the following statement. Um, Amar of Acha, it is three lines after the Gemara begins, where it says Gimel Mem and Big Bold. It's about ten lines from the bottom. Line starts with the word Ela Shenira Kocha Kachim That's on Kuf Tetzan and Mugbet. Amar of Acha by Yaakov, Suma Patimi Lomar Haggadah. A blind person is exempt from saying the Haggadah. Um, Ksiv Hacha Ba'avur Zed says here, right, you shall tell your child to say Ba'avur Zed Sa Hashem Li Betayti Mimi Tram. And what do we say in the Haggadah? So Bavorza is understood by Chazal, meaning that you're describing the meaning of the foods, of the, of the ritual foods, and that that's part of the telling of the story. So that's what it says about the telling of the Haggadah. The Ksiv Hasam, it says by Ben Sora Banenu Zeh, this our son. Malal and Pratwasuma, or Sumin, there we have a accepted drasha, an understanding that it, that's meant to exclude if either the parents are blind, because they can't say this our son, they can't point him directly. Avkan Pratwasumin, or Lusuma, here too, if you can't say there, you can't see it and relate to it through sight, Right, although you relate to it through touch and reading, but somehow the understanding of them means that type, a type of immediate connection through sight, and therefore that you can't really fully tell the story. Tying in, of course, to the Rebbe Gamliel's point of lo yase of the need to really connect to the food in order to and the, and the, their significance in order to fulfill the obligation. So um, no, but they're understanding it as part of the mitzvah of Haggadah. Um, so, that, yeah. Uh, in the case of Ben Sarumara, the, the motivation of the rabbis is clearly yeah. right. Rabbis are trying to yeah. exactly, exactly. The rabbis are trying to eliminate the category of Ben Sarumara. That's not the case here. Let's see where the Gemara goes with it. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says like this: Amy, is this really true? If I ask the rabbis again, rabbanon mean like the rabbinic students in the house of Rav Yosef, Manda or the, the yeshiva of Rav Yosef, Manda Rav Yosef. Who's the one there that recites the Haggadah? Amru, and they said Rav Yosef. It was Rav Yosef, and Rav Yosef was blind. Manda Margarita Rav Sheshes. Who says the Haggadah in the house of the yeshiva Rav Sheshes? Amru Rav Sheshes, who was also blind. So now, what's also fascinating is. The, what we are finding out is that there was one reciter of the Haggadah, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we had discussed before about everybody having a Seder plate, people asking and someone answering, and if you think about it, right, the way it forms, the child asks and the, and the father answers, the wife asks 
and the husband answers, it sounds like only one person is really doing the narrating. Everybody else is playing their part by asking and discussing or whatever, but one person is basically doing the narrating, which is interesting because, you know, in terms of the question about being Yotze, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you know, now everybody is mocked it. Oh, no, I've got to re- go back and read every single word. I was out for five minutes. I've got to, you know, catch up in the Haggadah, right? But um, am I Yotze, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, if I'm the one asking and you're the one telling me the answer? Right? Because I'm not telling the story, you're telling the story, but together we're achieving the, the seeper of Yusuf Mitzrayim. And especially if you consider that everybody needs to have, you know, the Seder plate in front of them, which is what the Gemara said before. Now, I tried to connect that to that that's part of seeking Yusuf Mitzrayim. The Rishonim more say that that is actually because just if you're making a bracha, you want to eat it right away. But it would be a little ironic, you know, that I need to have the Matan Mar in front of me, but I'm not actually telling the story. But you still understand, I'm responding to what's this Matamar about. But I, anyway, I think it's worth noting what's clear from this is that there was one reciter of the Haggadah. Now, another way of saying it is not to say, and this is really what really it sounds like from the Gemara, is not to say, like, we're Yotze because we're all playing our parts. I'm doing the asking and you're doing the telling. But it's more like we say that you read the Megillah for me, Shomea Kaone. And therefore, yes, we all have to say it. You say it, I listen. It's like I said it. Okay? So it's more than just I ask. I'm Yosef Shomir Konan. That seems to be the point of the Gemara. How could Rav Sheshet say it if he's blind? And a blind person is putter, right? How could he be mozi everybody else who's obligated? All right? So let's take a look what it says. Um, so the Gemara says, so you see that blind person is not putter. So the Gemara says, Kasavar, no, they're of the opinion, called Tikkun Abad and Kainzer, Raisa Tikkun. Um, did I skip a line? Yes. Yes, I skipped a line. Okay. No, those rabbis hold that Masa nowadays is only rabbinic because Masa and Mara are both connected to the Quran Pesach. And if Masa is rabbinic, because the Ba'avor says the whole link of the Haggadah to the Masa, right, and to the mitzvahs of eating, so then if Masa is rabbinic, Haggadah is rabbinic. So according to that, everything we do on Seder night is totally rabbinic. The matzah, the Haggadah, probably the only thing that's still right uh, is the Kedish and Birchas So they feel it's all rabbinic. If it's all rabbinic, you can be mo- that, then blind is a, a person is okay. So the verse says, Do you mean to tell me the Ravacha by Yaakov who says a blind person is putter says matzah is biblical? We're going to find out shortly that he's actually of the opinion that it's rabbinic. And nevertheless, he says a blind person is exempt. So, yes, he holds it's rabbinic. But even if it's rabbinic, they would still pattern it after the deal raisa. So, biblically, a blind person is exempt. He would say a blind person is exempt even nowadays, even if it's rabbinic. So the Gemara says, Rav Sheshes, Rav Yosef, Nami Avada, I called the Tikkun Avada and gave the rights of Tikkun. Do Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef certainly also agree to that idea that even if it's rabbinic nowadays, it'll pattern after the Dilraisa. So if a blind person is exempt, they, they should not have been motzi the rest of the household with their recital of the Haggadah. So the Gemara says, you're right. They actually reject the whole idea that a blind person is exempt. The Gemara says, Hachi hashta. What type of comparison was that to the Ben Sora Mora? Now they're going to challenge that whole idea of Ravacha the Yaakov. Mahasam, there makes sense. Who? The Pastor could have said, Our, our son. He, our son. It already said, Banenu. Why did it have to say Zed? The extra Zed is like really pointing a finger at him. So that's telling you that they have to be directly seeing him. Shmami not pratlusumi. That's coming to exempt a blind person. That's the, the Zed extra. Um, who the author is coming? 
אבל הרחה, אילב בבורזה, היא ונצא בבורזה, מי לכתוב? What, is, what should it say? It wants to say the sipur is, the, the reason we tell the story is because and connected to the foods. It needs the word zeh. I mean, actually, part of the problem is that you don't even know what the zeh refers to in that pasuk. You know, you know, and you should say, Bavor, you know, Bavor what? Right? So Chazal tell us the Bavor zeh means the matzimar, but it's not like there's an object that has been identified yet. When it says banenu, it didn't need to say zeh. Here, well, I'm saying because of something. So it needed the word Zeh. I mean, it still leaves open what the something is, but it needs Zeh to identify some object of that verb. So, Avor Zeh, my Lichtov, Ela, Bavor Matzah, Marudasa. It's coming to say because of the sake of Matzah and Marudasa. And therefore, it's not, the Zeh is not extra, it's needed. Now, I do want to point something out, which is that probably, you know, um, there's a one thing missing from the Avor Zeh, right? Which is what? What, what, we, what, what, other than Mat and Maror? Pesach. Okay? And Chazal could have said, Rav Warzeh meant the Pesach, because then uh, the Haggadah nowadays would all have been to Rabbanah. Okay? But it's a little bit ironic, because clearly in the Psukim, what is the most dominant of the mitzvahs of the night, of the eating, is the Pesach. Right? And, um, and I think the Bab Warzeh is in response to, is in response to Mahavodah Zos Lachem? No, well, I was trying to, well, this is what I was trying to say before. It's, it's, uh, Shivat Amim to Hamatot, Yom Ashi Hazalashem, Asot Yechel, Eshivat Amim, Loriel Hachamet, Reel Hachas Orm Hogudacha. Then, we got to tell him how we are moving more Okay, so there's Bab Warzeh. Eating of the Matzah, not having the Hamatot. Okay, so there you're right. So there you're right. So there, okay, so in that case, actually, it does fit better because the context is in the Achilas Matzah. So it, it's okay. There, it, it does make sense that the uh, Pesach is being excluded. That's fine. So anyway, what's worth coming up from this Gemara is the following, is that, number one, again, t- within the act, like the sense of Ram Gamliel, the very tight tie-in of the mitzvah Haggadah to the mitzvahs of the eating of the night. Number one, the thing that is actually agreed upon is, is that if matzah was Durabanan, Haggadah would be Durabanan. That, the re- that, that clearly the matzah relies on the, the obligation of Haggadah is, depend- is connected to Bab and that's how we know you say it that night and so on. But because it's not clear in the Psukim that the mitzvah of Haggadah is that night. If you look at the Psukim closely, that's why the whole Haggadah opens with Yachomi Rosh Chodesh, Yachomi Yom. It's not clear when you're saying it. Chazal make it that you say it because of the Pasuk of Bab that connects it to the things that you are doing, the ritual eatings you're doing that night. Which means that were there the mitzvah of Matzah Rabbanan, there would not be a mitzvah of Haggadah. The only reason Haggadah is Doraisa is because Matzah is Doraisa. That's point number one. Point number two is Rabbi Gamliel's statement, which is Koshalom Ashloshet Varm Elu. Now, some Rishonim take that literally. If you really don't, in your Haggadah, describe the significance of the, pes- of the Matzah and Mara, the Pesach, presumably Doraisa would only have to be the Matzah nowadays, but anyway, if you don't describe the significance of those objects, you're not Yotze. The mitzvah of Haggadah really does require integrating those objects. Some say it means you're not ideally Yotze. Bidyevid, you're Yotze. But certainly, fundamentally, it's very integrated. And as I said, the whole questions that you're responding to are questions about the eatings of that night. To the point that the Gemara thinks it's possible that if you can't directly see them, that that would not be able to fulfill the obligation. And Sumas Pater, that it rejects. Okay, but still, what is not being rejected is this tight tie-in 
to the to the uh, to the achila to the matzah maror and and pesach when there was of the evening. And the other thing again to underscore also is the idea that it was clear that the way they had these sort of arrangements was that some ask and the leader answers. One person is saying, um, and is that a type of a shomer keone? Is that a type of everybody is part of the telling of the story? You don't have to necessarily narrate it yourself, but it's very clear that that was the structure. Yes, so. Yeah. How could you even have the Havamina that the Masa would be the Rabbanan? Because it's no Pesach? Because there's no Pesach. Okay. Shad of the Pesukim is that Masa. Right. Shad of the Pesukim is either Masa seven days right. or Masa is only with the Pesach. Right. It's a very big Chiddush to say, as we do, that Masa exists as an independent mitzvah just for the first night. Okay. And the second thing, on my printed pages of the Gemara, yeah. there's another indication in Rashi that there would be a Mishnah. Like, what, what yeah, yeah. The, we had a huge Mishnah. We had a huge Mishnah. The the uh, the Rashbam makes it clear that the way he had it was he broke it up into two Mishnayot. Okay, so the Mishnah we had before some comments of the Rashbam above. Yeah, and that's so right. This is going after the comments on the Gemara. Yeah, is the comments. Yeah, the Rashbam had the second the, the the second half of the Mishnah as a separate Mishnah. Okay. okay, and now we pick up with the second half of the Mishnah. Let's see. Go, yeah, Rif, go. Yeah, the statement, whatever the rabbi says, so it's how it says. Yeah, that seems like an arrogant kind of statement, but I'm, my question is, who was included under the rabbinon? Every rabbi? All the rabbis? Kol the Tikkun Rabbanon came directly to Tikkun. It means a general rabbinic approach. Yeah. All of them? Yeah, yeah. It means the general approach is that when we extend biblical mitzvot, or when we pattern, I mean, or a rabbinic mitzvah after so we try to follow the structure of the of the that's, biblical mitzvah. So it's talking building about a rabbinic in, approach. But that's building in an ongoing evolutionary process that as time goes on, whatever the rabbis decide, it's like it's in the Torah. No, they're not saying they're not saying it's like it's in the Torah. means the the way they make their takana is trying to follow the example set in the Torah. So they're trying to use the pattern and the structures that exist in the Torah. They're not saying it has Torah weight. They're saying they take their cue from the way the Torah created the mitzvot and created the obligations and who's obligated and who's exempt, and they will make their rabbinic institutions in a similar manner as the biblical ones. That's what it's saying. It's talking about the, the way in which they create the shape of their takanot, not the weight of their takanot. Right? Yes. Right, that's what Michael is saying. So I, I, I stand corrected on that point. Other parts do connect to the... Like when it says, that's talking about the avoda of the Korban Pesach. Right? But yes, I, I stand corrected. The Bab was there. Although it's funny then the Chazal yeah, throw in the Maror, okay, because the Maror is rabbinic nowadays. But yes, I, yes, in the context of Babur, that is very much Babur Matzah. Okay, I, I, okay, fine. Moving up. Therefore, obligated. So now we get into a whole bit of a digression because we mentioned, right, the normal fun of Shira, you know, Shira Chadasha Hallelujah. So now we're going to discuss Hallelujah. Or the normal fun of Hallelujah. Okay. Um, Amrav Yochanan, Hallelujah. The, the case ya the yedid ya achasein so are these words as they appear in Torah and Tanakh are they one word or two words so is that yeah, and the question is going to be is the ya by itself and therefore the name of God and therefore Kodesh so he says hallelujah is one word case ya which is we say the two words kiyara case ya nochamara Hashem Ba'malei and yes and either you can check and yedid ya which is one of the names of Shlomo so those are all one word Rav Amar case ya umerchavya Achasein. Kesha and Merchavia are one word. He doesn't address the other two. 
Rabba Amar Merchavya Bilvad. Only Merchavya is one word, all the others are two words. Ibailahu. So, Merchavya, I think here it's spelled as two. Ravchiz Damai. Ravchiz didn't address Merchavya. What did he say? Take it. We don't know. Ibailu, Yedidya the Rav Mai. What would Rav say about Yedidya? Because Rav said, Kis Kesya Merchavya. He didn't say only Kesya and Merchavya. So, what would he say about Yedidya? What would he say about Hallelujah? So, the Gemara says, So, Mai. So, Tashma, Dama Rav, Yedidya, Nechwak Lishnayim. That he says clearly, Yedidya is two. That Lesikach, Yedid Chol, Ya Kodesh. That actually, that word is a, a separate word of God. It's not all one word with a God, with a God, na- you know, sort of suffix to it. It's two separate words, so and the Yah part is Kodesh. In their sacred Torah, Yah was written. That's, that's what it would. Uh, according to Rav Chizda, Rav Yochan, that's the way it would seem. Um, unless you find that there's another case, Yah, somewhere in the Torah, somewhere in Tanakh. What does Merchavia mean? I'd have to look. I assume it's the name of a place, you know. Anani no, uh, Oh, that's true. It's Anani Yeah, Yeah, so what does that mean? If it doesn't mean God answered me in broadly. Right. It does mean broadly, but, yeah, but, 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 oh, you mean if it's two words, if yeah, it's yeah. Merchav. No, no, if it's two yeah, words, I understand what it means. Why? God no. answered me broadly. Yeah, but Anani, could God could be the assumed subject, and God answered me by Merchav. Right, Anani Bamechav. He answered me with uh, openness, with expansiveness. So, the God is the subject is assumed. Right? So, so what does Yah do? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see in a minute. Yah might just be a way of like of a, of 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 a um, you know of, of 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 an emphasize. What's the word? Like what you, what's the word? Very. What's that called? Like a. Uh, uh, I'm not a, yeah, but not a modifier. Something that's just an intensifier, right? So it might be like a, like a just type of an intensifier. It doesn't mean God. You know, in Shlomo's name it means God, but in, in Hallelujah it means God. Other places it might just be, as we'll see in a minute, it might just be an intensifier. Okay, but yes, you're right. Merchavya is that pasuk in Hallel, exactly. Anani Merchavya. And here we see, yeah, look, he says Merchavya is one. We, read, we have it as two, right? So let's take a look. So maybe we pass um actually, yeah, so let's take a look. So the Mark says, Yibailu, Hallelujah the Rav Mai. What would Rav say about Hallelujah? He didn't address the Hallelujah case. Um actually he does say didn't Rav say Bilvad? Oh no, that was Rav who said Bilvad. Oh Rav just said Kesa and Mechavia. Yeah. What would Rav say about Hallelujah? Tashma, Damar Rav, Rav said, Chazina Chile Debei Chavivi, I saw the Tehillim, a Sefer Tehillim, in the house of my beloved one, which was talking about his uncle, Rav Chista. Dixivu, Halulu B'chad Gisa, the word Halu is written at the, at the end of one line. V'yat B'chad Gisa, and Yat the beginning of the next line. So he understood that's two words. If it was one word, you don't split a word. He didn't read Rav Chista, but Rav was disagreeing. Presumably, he did not, he did not say that he disagreed with it. So we're assuming that that's his position. That always is Rabbi Shulban Levi. That's Rabbi Shulban Levi. My Hallelujah. What does Hallelujah mean? Hallelujah. And here's what I was saying a minute ago to those. The Yad, even if it's one word, right? It doesn't mean praise God. That presumably is what it would mean if it was two words. So, so Hallelujah means you know, you know, give many praises. The Yad is an intensifier. Um, of course, it could mean God, but it could just still be one, one, you know, one word. Um, anyway, but here he understands that the Yad in that case could be an intensifier. And he argues on himself, not in terms of whether it's one word or two words, but what the ya suffix means. has ten different words that it uses for praise, for the tehillim that are in there, you know, and what are they? 
benigun, um, you know, uh, also uh, 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 an inst- like uh, sometimes instrumental. B'maskil, maskil l'david, mizmor, shir, ashrei, ashrei shasher l'olach, tihila l'david, tihila b'tfila, b'hudaa b'hallelujah. Gadol mikolan, hallelujah, the one that creates, that, that emphasizes the greatest sense of praise and song is hallelujah. Why? Because that is God's name in the name of praise itself. So again, he tells that it's one word, but he hopes the Yah there means God. So hallelujah means praise God, but, but, God is, but that's as one word, not as two separate words. Um, okay, where are we? Okay, I'm a review, I'm a review, I'm a shmosh. So it's clear, of course, that Az Yashir was said with Moshe and Israel when they came up from the Yamsu. The Hallel said Miyamro, but who said Hallel? Okay, with this whole Hallel, we always incorporated into all of our Yom Tovim and our these mitzvahs. And who said it? Where do we? When was it? Where did it originate? Why don't we? Why don't they think it was just? Let's take a look. So Nivim Shebeinayim Tikkun Lanli Yisrael Sheyu Omi Mosor Kol Perak Perak. So he, according to him, he says that it was the prophets. Now this doesn't tell you exactly when, which prophets, but the prophets amongst them established for Israel that they would say it al koperek uperek on every on every uh, designated time, which the Rashbam says means on every holiday, on every yuntav. Number one, there I'll call some read it. There I'll call Sarah v'tzara, and also in any time of affliction, and God willing, it should never happen. When they're redeemed, they say it on their redemption. So, meaning that presumably is coming to include something like Purim, not Purim, because it's not Hanukkah. I don't know what other thing would be Hanukkah. Anyway, you know, but the fact about saying it at at moments of redemption. Now, some that's the way the Rashbam reads it. That Perak and Perak already identify Yantiv. Um, you could say Perku Perak Vitsara is all basically a one way of saying the same thing. That whenever something tragic happened, they would say it on the Geula. But the problem is that something like, you know, Sukkot is not about Sarashavu Tavo Alehen. So, um, so it really is why the Rashbam reads it as Paraku Perak is Yantav and Al Kotsara Of course, what falls in the Kotsara Shalot other than, right, Sukkot not, Shavu is not. Pesach may is yes, okay, that, that would also be called So, what is it? Is Pesach and Hanukkah? I mean, yeah, those are really the only other times that you say Hallow. Right, so what it could mean is, is that they would say this, not in some formal, like, not not in the way we have it currently in our Sidur. What they're really saying is, throughout the biblical period, throughout the period of the Nevi'im, this was the way, the standard way, in which <coughs> Israel would praise God, even when, you know, not in some ritual, you know, fixed time as we have it associated with holidays. This was always this prakim and tehilim. Yes, and I do think that that is the correct point. That with this thing, these prakim and tehilim were always the ones used historically to praise God at various yamin tovim, at various times of tzarah, and we continue that practice today. You know, in the context in which we say it, which also you know raises important questions about the issue about like establishing this for yom hatzmaut and yom yerushalayim and so on. Once you sort of lay that idea that this has always historically been what we have said. Yes, I just, I just wanted to make. Sure that I uh, modifying of Shalot of all the hands. So Shalot of all the hands is a parenthetical mark. Yes, yes. Mentioned, so we don't, we're not trying to say that you say it before. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Right. So Shalot of all the hands is parenthetical. God willing, it should never happen. When it happens, they would say it all good last time.
Okay, so according to that, it's right, not necessarily emphasizing our current liturgy, but, our, but you know, that, that it was always said historically at these moments, and now we say it as well. But again, what it does give is gives a little punch, because now we don't identify Hallow so much as redemption from Tzara. You know, maybe we do when we're saying it on Pesach. But anyway, but here it's saying that that was really like a prime use of it. Tanya, all of the praises said in Tilim, who and David Amram. David said all of them. Sinemar, because it says, this is right in the middle of Tilim, Kalut ben Yishai. The prayers of David ben Yishai are ceased. Meaning if you read that Pasuk literally means everything after that Pasuk was not from David. Okay, the problem is that there are things afterwards that say that they're from David. Anyway, Altikri Kalu Elakol Elu. Don't read cease, but all of these. Or Kole, I mean, all the ones, not just before, but everything in the whole book is from David. So David wrote every single thing in Tehillim. Even the ones that say Tefillah Moshe, you know, leaves Nekarach, it means that he's doing it in their name, but it doesn't mean that they wrote it. So, Halal Zeh Miyamro. So, who wrote the Halal? Fascinating. After saying everything is from David, somehow right, there was yeah. still a sense that the Hallel was, was this like ancient thing and we'll see the Gemara is going to say something that w- was always said and therefore we question whether it's really possible that it was only David whether it was David who said it or whether it has been said earlier so also me Amro so Yossi Omer Rabbi Yossi says Elozer Bani Omer Elozer my son says Moshe of Israel Amru that it actually existed way back when it was said by Moshe of Israel the Shasha Aluminiyam so before you know which is contest before we said when they were Aluminiyam they said Az Yashir now we're saying but you understand they said well when they got up they said Az Yashir who said Halal so in a way it's, it's, it's almost laying the groundwork for saying you know what the same way they said Az Yashir they said Halal they, they established right, they established this became the way of praising God in future as well Az Yashir was just for the Yam Halal was something that became established to always say and it's particularly at a time of Geula um uh, where were we? Um, so that's what Elazar, my son, says. Um, and his colleagues disagree and say that's a little bit going a little too far. No, I'm sorry. Let's assume David said it like the rest of Tehillim. You know what? I actually think he's right. Why do I think he's right? Is it possible, we had this line before, that Yisrael, all those years before David, were shafting their Korban Pesach and taking their lulavs and not singing, not saying praise? Obviously, they must have been praising God. And if they must have been praising God, somehow, I don't know, obviously it must have been this text. And therefore, it must be that this text predated David. It could not have been that we didn't have some way of praising God with some type of a text prior to David. Davar Achner, another explanation of why I think it must have existed earlier. The idol of Micha was standing in Bethlehem and crying, but, you know, the Rashtam says it's a euphemism, meaning standing around and laughing, meaning it's clear that, you know, they had this idol that they, uh, of Micha, which is earlier in Tanakh, but there's a substance here that it existed even to the time of, of David. Yisrael as a halal, and at that time David would write a halal that says in it, you know, that all of the psalim should be, what's the Pesach from halal? Um... Uh, da, 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 da. Um, yeah, nine below you, nine below you, right, etc. So it couldn't be it was composed at a time when there was still a Vodazar in the land. It must have been composed earlier, maybe in that short little honeymoon period between you see some trying and the Ego. So that's right. So it must have been composed before there was a Vodazar. Anyway, that's a that's a stranger answer, but it's fascinating the point because. Okay, let's assume that you say it must be that they must have used some form of way of saying hallow to God until the time of David. It didn't mean it had to be this text. 
Why are we assuming to the second? Now, obviously, the fact that the second parak says, but say Yisrael mi Mitzrayim, you know, gives a push to say it was like maybe written at that time. But still, the astounding, how could it be, you know, must, so it doesn't lead you to say necessarily this text. The other thing that's interesting is the shift. Right, we've had Koperakuperak, which relates, according to the Rashbam, is Yantav. We've had a particular emphasis of historically they would use this at times when sorrow would come to them that they would, and they would be redeemed. This is what they would sing out to God. And now we're saying, What does that have to do? That's not called sorrow. That's, you know, he made that whole shift. I, we, Moshe said it, and they should always say it like when they're Nigolu and they're Olam and Yam, and all of a sudden it comes, oh, of course Moshe had to say it because they needed something to say when they were taking Jalulah. So, you know, if, what are the assumed, like, sort of motivators or obligators to say Hallel? You know, why, where is it so obvious that Hallel must be said? We have three things put out there. Yantav, right? Uh, Geula, and somehow the doing of these mitzvot. Now, what's the significance of the doing of these mitzvot is not clear to me. It could tie into Yantav, and let's say the Simchas Yantav and so on, and maybe particularly when you're doing the mitzvot, it's a type of tefillah. If we think about the shaking of the lulav, right, we do in shul or whatever, the type of a tefillah, the bringing of the Kormen Pesach, you're in the Beit HaMikdash, so maybe it's also like within the Yantav context, but particularly in that moment of connecting to God and doing these mitzvot, and that's where you have to connect it to the Hallel. That seems to be why it connects it to those two. It's interesting, it doesn't connect it to when you sit in a sukkah, or how can they sit in a sukkah not say, we don't say how long we sit in a sukkah. So again, it's a type of a ritual of a yantav that's really seen as a type of a tefillah. What's also interesting, what I should say and remind you, is the Gemara earlier said that when you bring a Pesach Sheni, you say Hallel at the bringing of the Pesach, but not at the eating of the Pesach. And so there seems that this Hallel of the eating of the Pesach requires this like yantav component. And, you know, so somehow the shchit of the Pesach has greater weight even without Yantiv you can have it but you can understand again you're in the Beit HaMikdash so that creates that greater sense whereas when you're not in the Beit HaMikdash you're taking your Lulav or you're eating your Pesach it's the combination of it also being a Yantiv so it's interesting the intersection of Yantiv plus these rituals which have a Tefillah component but those are three separate ideas about where we see it's so obvious that you have to say Hallel and because of that push the Gemara wants to assume that this has been ancient and they've always been doing it and always been doing it with this text, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. interesting that they're taking the rule of. I mean, it's like Moshe Rabbeinu was taking the rule of, you know, having the rubbles, the Arve Nachal, and the Midbar. I mean, just, it just seems very interesting. That they're even uh, I, I mean, that that's anyway, yeah. you know? Okay. Okay, fine. Um, uh, but it does true that the end of the Lulav is Usmachtem Lishner Shem Lokechem. And again, there it does, yes, as the point I was making, is connecting the Lulav to in this sort of connecting with God, encountering God, and so on. Now, what I do would like, you know, I would like to point out, I have this whole thing, I'm not going to read it, but if people want, the Ramban, um, Ra- Rambam in the beginning of Sefer Mitzvah, uh, you know, sort of critiques the Bahad, who, who has his list of 613, and Rambam felt he did it without any system and without any rules. And one of the things that he felt, so he begins his Sefer Mitzvah with 14 rules of how to determine whether something is a mitzvah or not. Um, and the first one is, you only count things that are biblical mitzvahs, not rabbinic. And he critiques the Baha'i for including rabbinic things like Ne'er Hanukkah. One of the things that he critiques the Baha'i for including is Hallel. He says, how could the Baha'i think Hallel is, is a Doraita? I mean, you know, we say to him there that was written by David, Hamela. So how could he think it was a Doraita? So the Ramban has a long 
a defense of the Baha'i in general, but particularly on this. He says, first of all, I don't understand what's bothering you, Rambam. You say davening every day is a doraita. Davening, clearly, the text wasn't written, so I take Nessus Abdullah. So you could have a biblical obligation without the text having been, the particular text, having been written until much later. Benching is Doraisa. It doesn't mean that this particular text had to be written earlier. So, how well could be Doraisa? It's just the text was written later. And he says, besides which, if you read the Gemara Sachem, you see there are many opinions that the text actually was much earlier. And anyway, so whether the text always existed or not, is he says, number one, it could have existed earlier, and number two, even if it didn't, the obligation could be Doraisa. And he says, I really think, says the Ramban, that Halal is Doraisa. And he quotes other Gemaraot that make it sound like Halal might actually be, do, be Doraisa. So then he asks himself, if it's Doraisa, where's the Pasuk? Yeah, what the Pasuk says, that it's Torah. So he says, either Halakha Lemotion Yisinai, or he says, maybe this is part of the Mitzvah Simchas Yantav. And therefore, maybe part of Simcha's sense of the way of doing Simcha, you know, it's a smachtan lishne Hashem, where the Simcha's bevasashlamin. Simcha is not just filling up your stomach, it's in the encounter of God. And part of the Simcha is the saying of Hala before God. Again, not necessarily this text. Okay, but that's interesting because that underscores the koperek uperek. You know, that idea that it's a yantav and it's connected to Simcha's yantav. And as we've seen, there are these three ideas perek uperek, gula, and this idea of Notlin Lulaveim, which connects to the Yantav, but in particular mode connecting to the Yantav. Yes, sir. By that argument, we ought to be singing Halal in the Sukkah. Well, you say you don't do it, you don't have to do it every minute, right? You do it on Yantav. So fine, we do it on Yantav. We do it in the show. Yeah. I thought the Rambam's argument was that the Avodah Shabbat is the writer, but the Yes, so that's what the Ramban says. If that's what the Ramban says, you, Ramban, are willing to concede that by Tilah, why do you think it's absurd to say the same thing? If you say it, make the same argument by Halal. And the Ramban actually says that Halal is Doraita, and he really thinks it's possible that, and he says when the Gemara says, Nevi'im Shebeneim Tiknu, that could also be saying, who are the Nevi'im Shebeneim? Moshe, Miriam, Aaron. (laughs) So he thinks that even that line of Nevi'im Shebeneim is a saying that this really is very ancient. And that's in the Ramban's Hashtag yeah, if you want, I have a copy of it here. Let's keep on going. Tana Rabbanah. Koshir Sishpachot, Shemar David B'Sefer Tilim. So all of the praises that are said in Tilim. Rabbi Yezer Omer Kineget Atmo Amran. He said it about himself. You know, you read some of them, and it's B'Varcho Mitnei Avshalom B'No, whatever. You know, it sounds like he's talking about his own travails. Rabbi Yezer Omer Kineget Tzibur Amran. No, he said them representing the, you know, what, what, what has faced or what will face you know, he no, did it in the void for like the that. sake of, that's when he said it, but when he, w- wow. that's, that was the context, the historical context in which he said it, but when he was saying it, he was saying it to speak for Kla Yisrael, okay? So, some he's speaking for himself, some he's speaking for Kla Yisrael, when they're in the, per- in the, in the first person, in the first person singular, can I get Atzmo? Hamurus, they're about himself, when they're said in the plural, can I get Tzibor? Okay, that's a nice distinction. Nitsuach v'nigun. Now, we have a tradition about what some of these opening words mean. You know, some people say there's a question what some of them mean. Some people mean they're like signals to exactly the music that's yeah, supposed to be played along. Anyway, so the Gemara says, Nitsuach v'nigun, when a tihilim opens with that, it means that it is a focus on a prophecy or a, a hope for the future. Maskio, 
Ayyadei Torgamon. When it says maskil, it means that it was recited through some type of a translator or, you know, he, somebody would say it and another person would repeat it. Um, so that's somehow they understood that was what maskil meant. They really understand what you were saying? Yeah, well, Mizmor, well, how about Mizmor? I'm sorry, Ledavid Mizmor. Lamech Shishar Salav Shechina Vachakach Amr Shira. So first it was Ledavid, and then it was Mizmor. First he had divine inspiration, and then he, 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 he sang this. Mizmor um, David. At first it says Mizmor, and then it says David. So First he said the song, and then it was David, and then Then he had divine. You know, the Shina rested upon him, which I don't understand. Well, does that mean? Does that? Well, first of all, does that? Yeah. Does that mean that that one was said without Ruach Hakodesh? I'll leave that for you to figure out. What? Received divine approval after. Oh, okay. That's like Mo says, like all say for Dvarim. Okay. La Mecha to teach you. So this all connection about he sang and then there was the Shechina. Why did the Shechina wait till after he sang? To teach you, the Shechina does not rest upon a person, not if they're lazy, not if they're sad, or if they're frivolous. That's frivolous or joking around. Not if you're just, you know, engaged in trivial matters. The way a person gets the divine, you know, the Shechina to reside upon them is that they are, they're doing a mitzvah and, it's a, and they're getting joy from the mitzvah that they are doing. <coughs> so we have that by the whole, the David means more the David. And now another possible. Take for me a uh, you know a, a, a music player. It will be when he plays, when the musician plays. Then the divine inspiration rested upon him. That and therefore you see you have to be in this joy um, state uh, for divine inspiration. Well, what was the mitzvah there? The mitzvah was. The mitzvah was. divine inspiration to reside. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, the chain is for halacha. It's also for for halacha. You have to be in a good mood. You have to have some simcha. You can't be too anguished or troubled. Amar Rav Nachman, really hard to get a, a, a psak if you always had to wait for somebody to be in. Rav If you want to have a good dream, you should go to sleep in the in a state of you know joy and simcha shel mitzvah. Any is that true? Amar Rav Gidol, Amar Rav, Kol Tamid Chachama Yoshev Lishnei Rabo, the Ainsif Shosov Dotsvos Mar Tichvena. This is challenging the idea that was said before in the name of Rav that with Dvar Halacha you need Simcha. Here we say that was said in the name of Rav that any student that's sitting in front of his Rebbe and the student's lips are not dripping bitterness, like they're not trembling, right? They're not in dread. Um, so they should be burned. The lips should be burned. So you have to be in this dread when you're learning, not in joy. So. Uh, his lips are like roses. Note, fote more over. They drip with, you know, myrrh, which is a very, like a, you know, beautiful fragrance. So that is, you know, a passing myrrh. Altikri shoshanim, don't read roses. Ella sheshonim, lips that are learning. Altikri more over, don't read myrrh. Ella mar avar. Over is like passing? Yeah. So any, but I think abundant. Oh, more over abundant myrrh. Okay, that is probably right. Probably right. El Amar Avar. So read it rather than a, 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 a you know bitterness that passes over their lips. If they don't have bitterness passing over their lips, then they can't be learning. So anyway, what? Okay, okay. So let, 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 let's finish. Let's see where the Gemara goes. Okay, so so it says Lokash. It's not difficult. 
Happy Rabbah, happy Talmida. Answer number one is the Rebbe is allowed to be happy. The student <laughs> has to be trembling. Okay, keep that in mind, everyone. So you have to have awe of your Rebbe, and the Rebbe is allowed to have the simcha of engaging in the Torah. And he's the one doing the and he's the one doing the lacha. And if you want, you could say, Happy Rabbah, Rabbah. They're both actually true about the Rebbe. Vlokash, um, it's not difficult. Ha, mik me the patach, halabata the patach. Does it? Is it when you begin or after you begin? He had the rabba, like rabba. Meet me the pasuk lul rabbanan before he opened up to the again the rabbinic students. Amar milsa dibdichusa. He said like a little. He said a joke. He opened with a joke or something, something a little bit lighthearted. Ubazchur rabbanan and everybody laughed and you know got them in a good mood. Ulebesof yosiv beenta. Then he sat with a sense of awe and fear. Rabba himself upatach mishmait and he opened up. So presumably it also applies to the students. But the point is you open to put yourself in a good frame of mind and then you enter into though nevertheless a sense of awe which one also wonders you know whether really are those necessarily contradictory can can you have some joy of gilberada engage, joy of engaging in it with a proper sense of the awe and the you know of of, 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 of what it means to be learning Torah Hashem um, but here the Gemara is it, creating a balance you want to say before you start this year you could be nervous and, uh, you know, oh that's interesting and afterwards oh, after you get to the schmack of the learning that's interesting you know Anyway, about two, I will tell you. You tell a joke, people, people. That's well. Hopefully, the joke helps them remember everything else you said. But they'll certainly remember the joke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what? They had such an opportunity have to change more tomorrow. Right. Such a. Uh, right. <laughs> they wanted to use it as a drasha. Tanu Rabbanan, a rabbi son. Halo zemi amro. We're back to that. Who said halo? Um, again, the sense that it had to be ancient. Right, so Miamra, Rabbi Leizer, Moshe of Yisrael, and Rabbi Shasha, Amdual Yam, Moshe and Yisrael, when they stood by the Yam, not when they were Ola Miniyam, and this is fascinating. This is going to turn the Hallel into a prayer as well for Gitulah, not just a thanks for Gitulah, but a prayer for Gitulah. Heim Amru, one minute, Heim Amru, Lolanu Hashem, not for us, God, meaning Lolanu is sort of saying, help us. You know, but help us not for your sake, not for our sake. But it's a sense of, like, you know, Ana Hashem Oshiana, right? There's, there's our elements there of Bakasha in the Hallel. Lolanu. Lolanu Hashem Lolanu. Shiva Ruach HaKodesh. And God responds, the Heavenly Spirit responds, Lemani, Lemani I will save you for my sake. Don't worry, I will save you, and it will be for my sake, not for not for your sake. You say, you know, because it's for our sake, we're not worthy. But God will do it for God's sake. Um, interesting, of course, that's from Yeshayahu. So, all right. But Yehuda Omer, Yeshua of Yisrael, Amru Abishasha, Amdu Aleim Alchei Kanan, when they were Yeshua and Yisrael, when they were fighting the kings of Canaan, Heim Amru Lalanu Meshiva, etc. Rabbi Eliezer, Modai Amri Dvorah Barak, Amru Abishasha, Amru Aleim Sisra, Dvorah Barak. Hey, Mamru Lolanu, Veroch Hakosh Mishiva, Vomer Tlem Lamani Lamani Yeset. Rabbi Liazer Ben Azari Omer, Chizkiel Bisiato Amrua. Chizkiel said it. B'Shash Amr Leim Sancheret. Hey, Mamru Lolanu, Mishiva, etc. Rabbi Hivoner, Chanan Mishal Vazari Amru. No, you always Chanan Mishal Vazari. B'Shash Amr Leim Nuvadetra Rasha. Hey, Mamru Lolanu, Mishiva, etc. Rabbi Yosi Aguili Omer, we're going in historical order. If you haven't figured that out, Rabbi Yosi Aguili Omer, Mordechai Vester Amrua, B'Shash Amr Leim Mahamana Rasha. Hey, Mamru Lolanu. Okay, now the Rashbam says he's, there's one interpretation which he doesn't like, but I think reads nicely, which is nobody's arguing. You know, it's all a way of saying this was always said at all periods and at all times, 
as you know through history but whatever and it also reminds you of some of like the types of things that you get for like the slichot and the things that were said at a ta'anit right you know where you know misha'ana la'av rabban vinu misha'ana misha'ana and the, some of the most ancient um, slichot and tfilot were that type of a structure of you know hu yaneinu hu yaneinu and so on and here you get it but you get it in the halal context which is seeing this as being said at these times and again what's fascinating is it's pointing to the end of Hallel where there's elements of Tfilah and Bakasha for Geulah so the petitioning one imagines that they're obviously embracing also the, the, the beginning of the Hallel where when they were saved then they opened up with the Hallel for their redemption so it's just pointing out, though, that, and, you know, it's also more interesting if you've got that tension and uncertainty for redemption, then you have the redemption, and then you have the halal. It's funny that the order is reversed, but they're pointing out that the halal contains also those moments beforehand with the petition and the tefillah. The Chachamim and the sages say, And I think the way that the Chachamim are different is, yes, they're saying it was ancient and always said, but they're but they're playing they're talking about it was said al gulatan not at necessarily at the moment of threat. Okay, let's move on. Amar of Chizda Haluya Sof Now, when Haluya appears in Tehillim, does it end one parent? Does it end, or does it begin another? The next pasuk it's not always clear. So he says it always ends a parent when there's a question when there's one Haluya between the end of one and the beginning of another. Rabbi Baravuna Amar Haluya raised parent. No, it begins a parent. I saw that in the Sefer Tehillim of Rav Chani Barav, that it had the word Haluya between the two Prakim. So, Alma Mesafkale, he didn't know which one to put it in, the end of one, the beginning of the other, he situated it exactly between two. I'm a Rav Chani Barava. Rav Chani Barava says, I suppose Rav Chani Barava, which we just quoted, Hakol Modim, everybody agrees, B'tilat Hashem Yidaber Pivrech, Kobasar Hashem Kachol Yolom Va'ed, that Haluya de Basrei Reish Pirka. That is the Haluya that follows it is the beginning of a parak, and that's the way it appears in our Tehillim. Banana Rukh, Kamitav Hashem, Mitav Elam Haluka, is that what he's saying? What? He says the Haluka. Yeah, but he, yeah, period. And Hallelujah begins the next parak. And if you check in your tea, Lim, Hallelujah begins the next parak. No, we're talking about this pasuk. Okay, Hallelujah the Basrei Reish Hallelujah so again, and if you look, this is the way it is in Artilene, the Hallelujah that ends that really is not ending that, it's beginning the next one. And actually in a number of these ones, the next part begins, Hallelujah, Hallelujah Hashem. So therefore it actually makes sense that the Hallelujah begins the next one because it begins Hallelujah Hashem. But not all of them are like that. I don't see what their scrolls look like. Yeah. There's no numbering of them. Well, there presumably though is a break between the prophets. Right. The Sha'om right. Dimbe right. Hashem Hallelujah. So the Hallelujah the Basrei Reish Pirka. So also there, Kri Mosifin and those that are sort of masters of the text of the biblical of reading the Psukim, they add Avas Elu the following: Minachal B'derek Yisha Al Kenya Rimrosh Hallelujah the Basrei Reish Pirka. The Hallelujah there begins the next one. Reishit Chachma Yiras Hashem Seichotov L'Chol Osehem Hallelujah the Basrei Reish Pirka. You can see by all these that you could have easily ended with Hallelujah, right? But no, these cases Hallelujah is the beginning of the of, of the next one. Name a Kitanah. 
What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but if you look in, that's the way we say it. But if you look in a sefer tehillim, I'm sorry, I wasn't focusing in on what you were saying. But if you look in a sefer tehillim, we have a sefer tehillim here. If you actually look, that's why it says hallelujah twice because that's how we say it during davening. But if you actually look in a sefer tehillim. That's not the way it is, right? Kufnem hey, the way it exists in Tehillim is Tilat Hashem Yidaber Pi Rechav Asar Hashem Kachol Yolam Va'ed, and then Kufnem Vav is Hallelujah Hulinachiyat Hashem. So when we does not end in Hallelujah, and when we say it in Ashrei, yeah, you know, psycho, I should have stopped to point that out, right? And when we say it in Ashrei, it's it's fascinating because if you have this Gemara, you have the way we have it in Tilim, and when we say it in Ashrei, we end with Hallelujah, and then we begin in Hallelujah the next one, and that and which is Kufmen Vav, which is the next parak. But in T, the Sefer Tilim, we only have one Hallelujah, which is why it was printed twice here because obviously influenced by the Tefillah. Okay. Now, let's say this is like a debate of tonight. Uh, and now we're finally going to tie back into our Mishnah. How far do you say the Hallel before the Bracha of the Haggadah? How far do you say the Hallel of the, uh, before the Haggadah? Before the end, uh, before the Bracha of the Haggadah? The Shammai says until Eim Abanim Smecha, which is the last Pasuk in the uh, first parak. The last Pasuk in the second parak. The tiny Edah, we have another Braisa, how far do you say? Which is the first Pasuk in the second parak. Which is the first Pasuk in the third parak. So it's basically the same thing, except are they quoting the last parak they say, or up until, but not including, the first, the, you know, the next parak. So, but what does the Gemara say? So what is that? That really doesn't seem to prove anything. But the Gemara is going to think that the reason that we are saying it in different ways is because of different approaches where the Hallelujah begins, um, where the Hallelujah is attached to. My love, because the end of the um, my God, I need this again. The end of right, the end of the of of of, of the pasuk in the first parak is. I just had it. Right? But taste you so it says, Mohira Kesabis Ama Banismecha Hallelujah, but taste you shall try it. So where does the hallelujah go? Okay, so the Gemara says, "My laba to be forgiven." Liman damar at ema banim smecha. If you're saying you say it until ema banim smecha, the word after ema banim smecha is hallelujah. So if you just said at ema banim smecha, savar hallelujah reish pirka. So you hold that hallelujah is the beginning of the parak. So you say it until ema banim smecha, and you don't say the word hallelujah. That begins the next one. Umanda amar ad b'tzeit Yisrael, and the one that says you say it until the words b'tzeit Yisrael, savar hallelujah sof pirka. That hallelujah is the end of the previous one. He didn't say you say it until hallelujah b'tzeit Yisrael. You just say you said it until b'tzeit Yisrael. So the hallelujah was attached to the previous parak. Okay, hallelujah sof pirka. So that's a cute way of uh, understanding why they're saying it differently. Because both either, neither statement included the hallelujah, so they must be debating, you know, wh- wh- which one the hallelujah is attached to. So Rav Chizda will explain according to his reasoning. Everybody holds Hallelujah is the end of a parent. And it's Eim Abang Mishmecha Hallelujah. Mandamar B'tay Yisrael Shapir. So the one that says you say to B'tay Yisrael, that's good, because that starts with B'tay Yisrael. Mandamar Eim Abang Mishmecha, the one that says you say it until Eim Abang Mishmecha. Advar B'chlal, he doesn't mean up until and not including. He means up until Eim Abang and including Eim Abang. Okay, 
but that was like obvious that part of what they were saying was one was saying inclusive and one was saying until but not including it still doesn't answer the hallelujah so the Gemara says v'neima ad hallelujah so why does he say ad eima ban smecha say you say it up until hallelujah so the Gemara says okay v'chitem v'lo yadinan hi hallelujah if we wouldn't have known which hallelujah there's a lot of hallelujahs in the hallel v'neima hallelujah shel eima ban smecha kasha Okay, so in the end, the Gemara says they're really differing whether they, when they say you say it until, does until mean until and including? Or does until mean until and not including? But of course, what they didn't answer is why wasn't hallelujah included? So, gosh, all right, but it really means Ema Bani Shmecha, hallelujah. Rabba bar Rafuna Mitaritsu Taimei, Tuchule Alma, hallelujah, Reish Pirka. Everybody says hallelujah is the beginning, and it should be hallelujah, Betate Yisrael. Manzamar, Ema Bani Shmecha, Shapir, because that's the end. Up until Yisrael, but not included. Uh, okay, but that was obvious. Nevertheless, hallelujah. Say, say it until hallelujah. hallelujah. We wouldn't know which one. Say it until hallelujah. knew it's difficult. Okay, but interestingly, does point out that hallelujah is absent in both of those statements and might be part of this basis of. Um, of, what do you call it? Of, um, of whether Hallelujah ends or begins. We will have to end here. Uh, I know we're a little bit behind, but luckily the last stop is very short, so not to worry. Okay, thought that if Hallelujah was Reish Pirka, 